Gentlemen, should we not get started? We should not. I mean, we should. <clears throat> Let's commence. I am Neil. I am joined this week by Mike. And the one through bit. <laughs> Wrong kind of vampire. Um, so yeah, um, <clears throat> we didn't record last week. Sorry. We were afraid. Things happened. I should probably turn off the air conditioner just in case. As I curse the is currently on. And it's like less than 50 degrees outside. Yeah. We had the first true cold front of the year. Indeed. I rather doubt it'll kick on, but there is no reason to let that, to run that risk. This week, uh, we're, um, we're going to kick off our, what do we want to call it? Shocktober? Schlocktober? Schlocktober. I like Schlocktober. <laughs> I like Schlocktober. Uh, I'll admit, I stole that from, uh... <sighs> I think his name something. Oh, shit. <laughs> Schlocktober begins. Yeah, um... Crap, what's his name? Um... What did he, he do? Um... He's a... He's a movie host. Um... In the vein of Elvira and... I can't think of his name. I can't either. Just a second. Because that could be anywhere from Bruce Campbell to, uh... To the internet! To the internet! <laughs> because Schlocktober is absolutely stolen from him. I just can't think of his name <clears throat> suddenly. Uh, just when, just when it would probably be best for us to, uh, to, to attribute it. Yeah. I'm schlocked. Schlocked, I say. And it's made. There's a lot of, uh, I know it's not the answer, but there's a lot of uh, Quentin Tarantino presents every five seconds. So, like, the person that I am thinking of is uh, Sven Gulli. It actually does sound vaguely familiar. Sven Gulli is, uh, he, he's a classic B-movie host in, in the vein of Elvira and, uh, and other people who would typically show... Crap B movies late at night on uh, on USA. Um, yeah, well, on USA or <clears throat> basic cable. Basically. Yeah, yeah. on basic cable or sometimes you know he'd be picked. Like they all got their start on public access. In this case, basic works as a double entendre. Yeah. Well, actually, not even basic. Really, they get their start on UHF. <laughs> yeah, so not the charming movie starring Weird Al Yankovic. No, but the concept of the UHF <laughs> channels filled in Oklahoma. <clears throat> um. Sven Gulli, I believe, calls his October Schlocktober because, well, Sven Gulli, he shows bad. I mean, actually, not, he doesn't show necessarily bad movies. The last couple of shows of his I've, I've caught, he showed Rodan and Godzilla vs. Mothra. Yeah, that's not really horror. Horror. No, well, no, he doesn't. Opinion. He doesn't. He does a lot of of. But the last couple times I've watched him, they did. He did Rodan and. Uh, he did a couple just, you know, um, kaiju movies, which is sort of, in my mind, uh, secondary to the point. Uh, I've managed to meander around a bit. We're going to be talking about horror, horror. our relationship with it. 
and, you know, the, the reason for the season, as it were, uh, in this month of October. Uh, but first, this week in Geek, anything cool happening? Other than, you know, <coughs> Star Wars, Wars yeah, the trailer dropped obvious. yesterday. Yeah. Um, I saw it. It was pretty good. Uh, a friend of mine who hates everything that is new Star Wars reacted um, predictably. Did he actually watch it or did he just shit on people? No, he watched yeah. it and he shat on it. See, I, I feel like in a way that's worse because it's, I'm going to seek out this thing I know I don't like and then complain about it. Well, here's the thing. He loves Star Wars is the problem. He oh, was, okay. So this is an air quotes love Star Wars fan. He loves Star Wars. He is very <laughs> unhappy with the direct... He is he he got pissed off when they canned the extended universe and, has, and hasn't gotten over it. Oh, well, He's, considering a good chunk of that was garbage, I don't know what to tell him. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed a lot of EU stuff over the years, but, mm-hmm. man, there's a, there's a mighty big filter you got to apply. Before yeah. you. And a lot of the EU ended up contradicting itself. Anyway. Yeah. And I don't disagree. However, yeah. Yeah, basically. I'm trying not to name names because uh, he might listen to this podcast. I don't know. Yep, you narrowed um, it down 50%. He. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but he went on his usual, I can't, his, you know, I, I don't like I don't like new Star Wars rant. So there's <laughs> a simple solution: do not go see the movie. Yeah, I know it's it's hard to believe. <laughs> Already bought my ticket. Novel concept, that right. And well, I did announce on my personal Facebook when I'm going to go see it. I do not announce that to the general public, <clears throat> but I have bought my ticket already. <clears throat> it's going to be on a Sunday. No, <laughs> no it isn't. That's why I said it's going to be on a Sunday. That's fair. Narrowing <laughs> it down. Um. In any case. A midnight showing at the double feature. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big thing. Uh, Shadow of War dropped. Right. Yeah, which is why Wookiee's not here. Yeah, we're going to blame it on that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not going to blame it on Ben forgetting to pick him up and give him a ride. <laughs> uh, big, a big uh, important milestone in Geek actually happened a week and a half ago, but uh, we didn't record last week to mention it. Ben turned 29 again. Congratulations. Yeah, that's what, only, what, 21 times? Yeah. <laughs> He's no longer 28, which is important. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm very good at 29. I leveled up. Yeah, no, ben, Ben's birthday happened on October the 1st. Next year, maybe people will send you presents. Because <laughs> we're going to take off in this in 2018. I can feel it. Right. But, uh, yeah, anybody else got anything that happened this week that they were paying attention to? Well, we were down at a con last weekend. Yeah, we were, well, two weeks ago, two weekends ago now. It was right. good. Um, we were, uh, Ben sold a whole hell of a lot of books, <laughs> and I sold seven certificates indicating that the bearer of the certificate has officially won the game. I think I'm probably going to have to drop the price at the next con. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, it sold. It worked. It's true. Sold seven. I'm not entirely unhappy about that. Can't really think of any uh, other stuff that's too significant. <clears throat> Those are two pretty big, uh, you know, marquee things right there. Big budget movies and games. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> for uh, for all the critters out there, the people that follow Critical Role group and show, they did a uh, WB did a promotional thing with them. Well, some of them. They have Matt Mercer, the DM, and Laura Bailey, and. Uh, 
Travis Willingham, Sam Regal, and Darren DePaul, who's not part of the regular crew but guested on an episode before. He does the voice of Reinhardt for you Overwatch fans out there. Um, <clears throat> it was, it's an interesting concept, and people, whether people are familiar with Critical Role or not, it's something that, a one shot that people might be interested in watching. Uh, they played, like, orcs, various orc variants, and they're in Mordor, and they're doing the voices and being, like, you know, dumb and crafty, like the goblin with the crossbow. I really, it's really loved, interesting. I really loved their playthrough of Weeby Goblins. That was <clears> oh, yeah, that was fun. amazing. If you enjoyed that, then you'll love this, too. <laughs> so the two-part thing, each one is like maybe an hour and 40-ish minutes. Mm -hmm. It's pretty entertaining. Uh, I need to get this remote closer to me so I can check the times. <laughs> All right, we haven't killed nearly enough time yet. Right. Uh, so... Have you else got anything interesting that happened this week in general? I picked up Shadowrun Returns off uh, Chrono GG yesterday, uh, two days ago for ten bucks, and that is as fun as I expected it to be. Well, when you say Shadowrun Returns, I thought you said you got like all that. Stuff. I got Shadowrun Returns and Dragonfall the director's cut and uh, Hong Kong. Hong Kong, yeah, Dragon Run, uh, Dragon Run. Um, <laughs> there's Dragonfall and there's Hong Kong. Yeah, and yeah. Shadowrun Hong Kong uh, for ten bucks, and yeah. started playing. I launched Shadowrun Returns. The only there were two stories in it: Dragonfall, which is apparently their main thing, and some other story. So it's like, okay, if we're gonna play Dragonfall, so that's gonna be the first campaign I play. Well, I'm, a, I'm a huge. Fan might of as well games. play. I might as well play Director's Cut. Well, yeah, yeah. actually, the, the order is it's Shadow Run, Shadow. Bleh, can you talk? Shadow Run Returns, mm -hmm. which was its own thing and it was a big Kickstarter campaign, all that, and mm -hmm. that started the whole ball rolling. <clears throat> then they they did the Director's Cut of that, where they extended it a bit and stuff, and mm -hmm. some quests, and then. From there, they did Dragonfall, which is a complete standalone game. Shadowrun Returns does not have it, it, its own specific story quest. The campaigns. That's called Dead Man's Switch. Okay, that is, that is that's actually one. the first one. Okay, yeah. that I should actually stop playing Dragonfall and start. Playing well, the, it doesn't matter. I'm they're, sure they're standalone. Yeah, they're self-contained. Yeah, Dragonfall stories. takes place in Berlin. Yeah, they're different locations, different years, different characters. Yeah. It doesn't particularly matter which order you play them in. Um, but yeah, they're great games. Anyone that's a fan of either tactical RPGs or Shadowrun Shadow specifically Run. or Cyberpunk yeah. in general, all those things together, it's awesome. I'm beginning to uh, I'm beginning to regret my initial decision to run a phys ad though. Um, oh yeah, a phys ad. Physical, physical adept. Adept. Oh yeah, they're the monks <clears throat> of Shadowrun. Yeah, you're yeah, better off future ninjas. Street Sam with that with that game and. And loading up on your specialist. I did a Street Samurai my first playthrough with focus on like shotguns and blades. Yeah. Up close and personal stuff. It's pretty fun. Uh, one of these days we should play Shadowrun and record it. <laughs> I'd be down for uh, at least a one shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shadowrun, I feel like, is another game that really lends itself well to the actual play format because, especially if you get in character, you listen, cutter. And you know, thing you know, start chummer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Chummer. Sorry, not cutter. Right. Yeah. Start uh, falling into the lingo. <laughs> like Mr. Johnson, etc. A really great. Uh, yeah. Another really great thing. Dungeons and Dragons does not lend itself very well to actual play, but you know what would? A game set in Planescape. <laughs> hmm. Perhaps. Especially if every, especially if if every blood running running in the in the wheel, uh, I can't do it as as well as I used to. Especially if every blood running in the wheel uh, is uh, canny to the lingo of the of uh, the cage. 
when he said. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the that's the real trick there. One, once mm. upon a time, I could switch very easily into planar cant. I haven't played a character that ran it, that spoke it for a while though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyhow. Um. Okay. I'm We're drinking Irish cream tonight. That's it. <laughs> that was easy. Nothing. <laughs> Milk and Irish last. <laughs> I was. I'm gonna make another drink next week, but you'll have to wait until then because I didn't have money to buy ingredients. All right. Okay. So further in geek this week, mm-hmm. uh, we're getting into the fifth episode of the Orville and the fourth episode of Star Trek Discovery. I stopped watching the Orville after the second episode. Ah, uh, you missed out on some good episodes. Admittedly, not because I hated it, but mostly because I stopped watching it. <clears throat> some good episodes on the Orville. Um, they're starting to kind of hit their stride. They're taking some of the things that, that we saw in Trek and taking a little bit lighter uh, touch to them. You know, they're not they're not agonizing so much. Do we open the dome and prove to them that their world is bigger than they think? Or, you know, do we do we muddle, muddle with time travel? It's like, eh, you know. Um, Discovery is going in a weird direction, but I'm kind of like... I've heard that from a lot of people. Uh, <clears throat> during, the, yes, during the war with the Klingons, um, and how far the Federation is trying to go to win it. But it's also, a, you know, it's also displaying a, a new aspect of the Klingons. So it's or not so much a new aspect, but it's portraying some of their roots in a lot of ways. So a lot I mean, of people have gotten mad at uh, at Discovery for having the Klingons be uh, more, for lack of better term, and add another counter to the supercut of Neil sounding racist. Uh, <laughs> have have been uh, accusing them of being like stereotypically black. Or African, I can't remember. Which. No, no. I, I remember seeing a news post and thinking, "Huh, I maybe ought to read that." But then I got busy. With that another sounds thing. to me like a fanboy. With so it could be that I am completely mistaken. No, it could be that the person who was writing that article mm-hmm. is completely mistaken, because in watching it, um, they speak Klingon and they speak Klingon like Klingons. Um, they they are not stereotypically black or white or anything like Maybe that. Maybe they were just uh, commenting on the uh, on the decision of the of the uh, of the makeup and design. I couldn't say. I don't know. In any case, yeah. because like I said, add one white. more to the supercut of Neil sounding racist. Well, I don't think that would really even you can even take that out of context to make work because you're just talking about somebody else reacting yeah. to something. And and yeah, yeah. but just, still, I don't know. Not not all not all you know races in the universe are going to be green or white. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, people are you know I don't know I mean people are always looking to stir the pot. And, yeah, or there are the people that are just perpetually clutching their pearls about nothing. So. Yep, right. Yes, the collective pearl clutching has has commenced. In uh, in re- it, yeah, so follow up a little bit to that, Ben. I have been rewatching the best Star Trek sh- series of all time. Babylon 5. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I said it. Trekkies fight me. Uh, oh, that's that's a bold uh, challenge there. Challenging the collective Trekkies to a fight. I like I like Star Trek just fine, but Babylon 5 is 
So good. Probably one of the most quotable shows out there. Uh, the only one that even comes close to it mm-hmm. is Firefly. I can see that, yeah. And and to be fair, Firefly only had one season. One season, right. Yeah. And I've been I've been rewatching and, and the thing is the Babylon Five was just so good. Yeah. And it was almost Deep Space Nine. <laughs> right? Um, there's it, that's it's I think I've told the story at least once before. J. Michael Straczynski, yeah. the person who came with Bab Five, first pitched it as a Star Trek show, and he got turned down. So he went to TNT and made Babylon Five, and then Deep Space Nine came out. And the first season of Deep Space Nine and the first season of Babylon Five are very very similar because that was what he had pitched. Right. Yeah. Um. But, of course, then they end up going in very different directions, but... Yeah. But, yeah, Babylon 5 is, you know, it's, it, it, it's like, now I'm going to have to wait for someone to wake up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it is a great boast. It's... Yeah. You know why you're going to tell, 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 me the, tell me what I want to know? Because in five minutes' time, I will be the only person at this table still, still standing. <laughs> five minutes after that, I will be the only person in this room still standing. <laughs> uh, and he follows up on it. Yeah, I'll do penance for this later. <laughs> I mean, it's just this Marcus whole... is so great. Yeah. I mean... and, and Mike is sitting over here. For the record, right. I'm still here. I just... <laughs> he has to say, since I've never seen the show, and I've you barely must. seen Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, should, I have a lot of catching up to do. We should, yeah. really, we should really hook you up. Yeah, because Bab Five is a shorter. Uh, Bab Five it, took a was a Romanian actress who did not speak a word of English. Mila, yeah, mm-hmm. and turned her into the you know uh, turned her into the you know the the fantasy of millions of, of young side. She is fans. gorgeous, and and. Delin, by the way, for people who don't realize who we're talking about. Neela Furlan, who played Delin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I don't know. There, there's so much, you know. And, you know, and it being Schlocktober, um, mm-hmm. you know, we are getting, I think, a new Jigsaw. Whoa. Yeah, that's right. Uh, They're rebooting that franchise, which yeah. I uh, will get into it more in the episode proper. But I enjoyed the first couple movies and thought I it was saw the shit. first couple movies. I thought they were okay, but they I. We'll get into it. You're yeah, right. we'll get into it soon. Yeah. Um, my reaction, I think, sums it up. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. I, when I saw the, the headline or whatever, I was just like, hmm, and moved on. It's not a reboot, though. It's a, oh, okay. it's a continuation. It's apparently. a legacy thing. Yeah, yeah right. Evidently, they're bringing uh, something. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like how like the Phantom, different people wear the Phantom uniform or whatever. I mean, they're bringing the original ad back or something. I don't know. Perhaps. We'll find out. Or oh, you know we won't. Yeah. Um, there's a it, it, it is horror month in theaters, so horror um, death day horror yes horror. Um, so uh, death day is coming out this Friday, where apparently <laughs> or it's, it's like Groundhog Day except the person keeps dying at the end. So like the middle part of of Groundhog Day. Interesting. Except she's not committing suicide; she's getting brutally murdered. That's not hilarious. Yeah. Right. Um. I've been seeing that advertised on Facebook. Um, other movies are coming out. I missed my opportunity to see Psycho at uh, at at Alamo Draft House for free. I'm mad about this. 
But what you gonna do? There will be yeah. other events. Yeah, well, I've never actually seen Psycho. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, that's, that's, that's a good segue into the spoiler of the week. Ah, uh, yes. What, what, what did we? What did we? What, what had we settled on for that? Um, I think it was that Frankenstein was not the monster, but Frankenstein was the monster. Yes. 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 Stroking of beards commence. <laughs> <clears throat> Doctor Frankenstein. He didn't go through all those years of. Medical. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah well, to be to... fair, the monster was never named, <laughs> and they've always called it Frankenstein. For the, for the record, yeah, the monster's name was Adam. Well, the monster got na- named himself Adam in the book, I think, right? Yes. And it's something that, but if if all you know is the uh, the Universal movie, then it's Frankenstein. Had, monster. Yeah, it was just the monster. The monster, yeah. So, for the record, what kind of doctor was Frankenstein? An evil one. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> no, but he I mean, was, like, a, he was a. I think he was a. Uh, um, he was a surgeon. I believe so. That would yeah. make sense. Originally, no. he specializes in stitches and bolts. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, he he yeah. In the in the original movie. Uh, the reason the monster was so large is because he had to make everything so big in order to be able to, you know, graft what he needed to. Yep. Yeah. You know, um, and then you know and later on, his five hooks. And then well, that yeah. goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then uh, yeah, and then of course later years later, his uh, was great great grandson. Um, Victor Frankenstein, mm-hmm. <laughs> played by Gene Wilder. <laughs> Gene Wilder, oh god, yes. Ah, young Frankenstein. Yeah, I mean, it still classifies kind of as horror, but it's it's a comedy. It's it's a takeoff on horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those uh, horror comedy like meta type things, kind of like in the nineties. Yeah. I had the screen movies, which weren't really horror movies per se. They were. They were slasher. They're kind well. of slasher movies, but they're also parodies of the. Yeah, genre. they were parodies. Wes Craven was sick of, of what had happened to slasher movies and right. turned around and managed to make some of the best slasher movies ever. Ever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, although, okay, and I think we're kind of getting into the meat of the program. Yeah, we're, let, let's go ahead and mm-hmm. transition into actual our discussion with of our relationship with the genre of horror. 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 And see, and I grew up with, you know, when I was growing up, horror was the the Universal movies. Mm-hmm. So how was seeing Frankenstein in the theater? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> Remember, he only turned 29. Yeah, only just turned 29 <laughs> time. Um, no, um, but... See that was also in the era when Fangoria and all of the all of the horror magazines that gave birth to the Wes Cravens, you know. Yeah. Um, these and are the, the Elvira's and the Spangoolies. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, you know they would they would subscribe to these models that would you know glow in the dark model. Oh wow, you know. Um, but I was also of the era when you know. Vincent Price was, you know, was... Oh, yeah. I mean, just the sound of that man's voice would scare the piss out of people. Well, Vincent Price was a scary man. Yeah, he really was. So he reason was, they, there was a reason Michael Jackson tapped him to voice Thriller. Yeah, that, oh, that was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that was amazing. Um, I remember staying up to watch that video showing on MTV. Yep. That was, you know, we had a whole party around it. When one MTV these, actually showed music videos. One of these yeah. years, I'm going to participate in a Thrill the World event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thrill the World is a really interesting uh, 
It's a, they reset the Guinness Book of World Records uh, record every year mm-hmm. um, for number of people consecutively performing the Thriller dance. Uh, it's a worldwide event. Right. Um, now, is it is it consecutive or simultaneous? Simultaneous. Okay. Number of people consecutively performing Thriller dance. I want to say the last time was like at twelve thousand. That's it. I can't remember. It's well, not a very well-known event. Ah, okay. And not in one place, no, across the world, but it's... You had never heard about it until I said something, had you? I had not. <laughs> Neither have both of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, I think we might have three at this point. Three at this point? Yeah, mm-hmm. watch. We have that, like 6,000. That <laughs> was actually something that, that blew me away. At Con, someone recognized my voice. <laughs> That made me so happy. Yeah. We, I know that at least one person is listening, and I cannot remember your name, and I am sorry. But you live in, in Fort but Smith, Arkansas. In Fort Smith, Arkansas. <laughs> or at least you were at Consplosion. Hi! Hey! This means so much. Um, yeah, all three of them. Um, but so, in, in that... Back in my day... <laughs> Go for in it. The old, the old horror relied on the fear of what you couldn't see mm-hmm. um, you know on the fear of what was in the dark or you know the transformation of the wolfman um, you know mm-hmm. into something not human and they usually had tragic endings mm-hmm. you know Frankenstein Frankenstein's monster dies yeah until the sequel where he's not dead until the sequel the wolfman yeah. dies until, until the sequel where he's not dead. I, I would just like until to interject real quick here. I made an observation when looking at horror movies. <clears throat> Much like how there are a lot of Disney classics that have stupid, unnecessary sequels. Yeah, that's totally a thing for horror movies. Well, yeah, you take all these classics and it's like, oh, but we gotta, well, we gotta catch it. Well, Frankenstein was really good. Yeah. Well, there's always exceptions to the rule. Yeah. But yeah. by and large, it's just like, oh, hey, that monster's well, you back. The original, you know, and then the you quest for more money. But the fact that you get a, end up with movies like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and the Wolfman on Mars, it, it is yeah. it is a problem yeah. with sequelification. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, although at that point, um, it's argued that that really wasn't a horror movie; it was about defeating horror. Right. Um. So my earliest memory of interaction with horror and also in interaction with Halloween was listening to a rebroadcast of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds performed by Citizen Kane, because I can't think of his name suddenly. Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Hopefully you weren't in a car thinking it was real. No. I was like <laughs> five or six at the time, so I didn't. I, I only sort of generally remember it. Yeah. Um, but... We all right. So, another episode in Neil makes his parents sound worse than they ever than they really were. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mama and Daddy. I love you, but you have to admit that this was kind of that this was kind of weird. Um, I grew up in a very conservative Christian household. Um, Halloween was the devil's holiday. We did not celebrate it. At least not as one typically would. <laughs> we turned off all the lights and pretended to not be home for the trick-or-treaters. 
Now my parents give out candy on their front. Uh, so it's like, what the hell? Yeah, your parents have, have chilled out considerably. As I've said before, my parents have chilled out very considerably. I love it. Um, so yeah, like that was Halloween. Was typically uh, Halloween. Halloween around our time was typically us getting to eat a lot of candy because uh, our parents would buy us candy because we would go trick or treating. Um, and what was considered sort of safe horror. Um, so we had horror. Um, so we had War of the Worlds. And a lot of my other Halloween horror-related stuff up until like high school and college was kaiju movies. Because Turner Classic Movies uh, would do marathons of old Universal monster movies, yeah. which my parents loved, and Godzilla movies, which my parents loved. I love Godzilla movies growing up. I love the God- oh, I still love Godzilla. Godzilla movies. They're great. <clears throat> Huge Godzilla. So fan. that has always been October and Halloween month, etc. for me for a long time has been has been the classics and monster movies. Like kaiju monster movies. Yeah. Didn't see Gamera until I was in college though. But that's aside the point. Lots of uh, lots of Godzilla though. Right, Godzilla. See, and for me, a lot of horror was also Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. You know, because in Alfred Hitchcock, in Psycho, we never see, you know, the in the shower scene, we never see her getting stabbed. We just see chocolate syrup going down the drain. Yeah, we see the knife, you know, and then the chocolate syrup going down the drain. Flashing and screaming. Yeah. And I know how to make kind of... that noise on a violin, by the way. <laughs> it's uh, that's unpleasant. information I will be, yeah, I will be glad to remain ignorant of. Or glad to not experience again ever. Um, I won't go get out my violin and show it to you because uh, you. I'd have to restring it. Yeah. Um, um, but then also, um, um, this was also the in the eighties and nineties were the era of the new slasher movies. Mm-hmm. This is where we got Jason. I never saw it. Yeah, Friday oh, the Thirteenth yeah. and Nightmare on Elm Street and all that stuff. Honestly, yeah. I've never seen the original Friday the Thirteenth. Now, of the ones that came out, Friday the Thirteenth had the strongest writing. Right. Because it was based on the idea of the original or yeah, of the original evil. Or the yeah. prior evil. Um, so that you didn't feel so bad about these camp counselors getting mm-hmm. you know right. getting stabbed to death. Well that was the theme is that they're always uh, you know, getting up to no good, drinking and doing drugs and having, you know, young people sex in the middle of the woods and yeah, stuff like sex. that. Yeah. Well which that's because the slasher movie for a long time was uh, yeah, it was was essentially a punishment for Satan. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was you have a, transgressed against the Lord. You must be punished. <laughs> See, exactly. here's the thing for me: is I was aware of those movies, of the Friday Thirteenth movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was in the pop culture zeitgeist. Yeah, but I didn't really watch them until it got to the point where the movies were basically parodies of themselves. Yeah, right. So I basically viewed Jason them as, X. I, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the ultimate. <laughs> I, I basically viewed them as like gory comedies because well, I couldn't take them seriously. You no, know, it's very hard to take them seriously. Because at that point, I was already watching horror mo- horror movies that were more sophisticated and like actually scary and stuff as opposed to just. I mean, granted, you know, those movies paved the way and were pioneers and, you know, that led to a lot of inspiration, but at yeah, the same time, you go back now and you watch some they movies and they're the terrible formula. and they don't age well. Well, they invented the formula. 
Yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, and then Rob, Z- Rob Zombie came around and broke the fourth. I will, I will see your Jason X and raise you a Jason Takes Manhattan, by the way. I that mean, was a ridiculous I haven't movie. seen Jason Takes Manhattan, but if he kills Muppets, it's all good. That would be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> now, that's a cro- Jason crossover I'd pay money to see. I also want to point yeah, out how ridiculous okay. it is. Uh, you do okay until he got to Miss Pickett. I want to say it's Leprechaun like 3, a Leprechaun in the Hood. Oh, yeah, that's that's great. I, I want to say it's like the fifth movie where... And, guys, if you're doing a horror ser- serial, never do this. It's it was like Jay's, Friday the 13th, the last chapter. And there's like yeah. five fucking movies after that. Right. Never, yeah, never, name <laughs> never say something is final or last. That's just stupid. It's well, not as know. bad as Halloween three or four season of the witch which didn't even have michael myers in it right because the rest of halloween completely ignored that one yeah season of the witch the, yeah it's three yeah. or four i can't remember which yeah but it was like yes halloween season of the witch we call halloween that's kind of like tokyo drift you know it's like hey guys we got this script uh can we slap an i an ip onto it okay there you go make it a halloween movie that'll sell some tickets yeah but um my problem my problem with uh with Slasher movies today is they're slow. I'm like it, and that's and that that's always been like I tried to watch Halloween a couple years back, first mm-hmm. one. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, he's walking forward menacingly. He's they're still slow. walking forward menacingly. You mean they're slow in the execution, not the slow in the pacing of the movie? No, it's slow in the pacing of the movie. So both. Yeah, it's like. I, I, I remember watching scenes and like, wow, that scene was like three hours long. What? It was only a minute and a half? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because all it was was, ah, scary. Walk. Walk. Ah, scary. Like, okay, we get it. You're menacing. Um, and yeah, she's going to die, but can, can we move this along, please? Yeah. But, then, but then you have, then you have, you know, while not necessarily horror still action movies the Terminator mm-hmm. was scary as hell to me as a kid mm-hmm. Terminator 2 was scary as a kid because mm-hmm. it would like it broke the rules with the whole liquid metal thing and, and being yeah. able to like take the form of other people and like mimic their voices yeah. and stuff yeah. Oh, yeah. now that's some creepy shit and that, that was, and, and, and that those visual effects were and the towards the beginning yeah. of the movie where he murders uh, John Connor's dad with the blade through the mouth right that creeped me that was creepy as hell that was and so the, disgusting yeah and, you know the funny thing is is that the actress who was the foster mom uh, as far as I know was also uh, Vasquez in uh, um, in Aliens oh yeah well, there, I, there, it's there, been a while since I've seen. There's that. a horror movie that I've uh, that I've also never seen, even though I've heard it's very good. Alien and Aliens. Alien. Okay, Alien well, was a horror movie. Yeah, Aliens. Aliens was, is more of an action sci-fi yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, the only my, the only interaction I've had with, it, with the way. Alien franchise. Um, okay. Well, I've had I've had a few bits of interaction with Alien franchise. The only. Movie interaction I've had with Alien franchise is the much maligned and rightfully so Alien Resurrection. Oh yeah, it was a terrible See, movie. Actually, uh, be- you compare it that it was to Alien Three. Well, it's, yeah, it's hard to get worse than that. But. Right, Alien <laughs> Resurrection was actually to me kind of enjoyable. It was, it was liked, enjoyable in a campy way. Yeah, well, but I like. You know. I mean, well, okay, I can't dislike a movie with Ron Perlman in it. Well, sure you can. It's easy. <laughs> oh. Um, because the movie's crappy. Just because you throw in someone who you like doesn't make excuse the movie. I mean, um, sure, Ron Perlman tends to make almost any movie. I'm not saying he didn't make in. it better. I'm just saying 
there's crap that have good actors attached to it all the time. Yeah. Mars Attacks, for example. But I liked Mars Attacks. <laughs> Mars Attacks for yeah, for what it was to me was oh yeah, just you know, amazing. because uh, it was amazing comedy. But Alien Alien, oh my god. That was just scary as fuck. Well, that was a groundbreaking movie. Yeah, and yeah. I think uh, Alien is a good um, is a good antidote for your complaint about the pacing, about the slowness, because it's yeah. a movie that it takes its time, but in a good way. It actually like has the tension and like good pacing mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's, when it, whenever stuff's going down, it's going down. Yeah, like yeah. it doesn't just go like stretch it out and stretch it out. It's like no, when the shit hits the fan, it really hits the fan, and well, it's really intense. And with Alien, you also had. You also had the android that was there to, you know, Bishop, make sh- right? Huh? Wasn't the name Bishop? Bishop. Uh, in Aliens, yeah. it was Bishop. Okay. Um, well, the first one, it was it was a different android. Right. Yeah, I forgot his name off the top um, of my head, but yeah, Bishop is the one from the sequel. Yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm very cursorily connected, uh, understanding of of these yeah. things. Yeah, Alien came out in 1979. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to find the the gal who played uh, um, Vasquez. But yeah, I mean, it was just Alien. The thing is, is it, and what Aliens did was flip a lot of that script mm-hmm. because suddenly you had a core of of you know empowered people, and you know. Then and they still get murdered. And they still get murdered. Yeah, it's just like you know. Well, it's all about the. It's just a different uh, slice of the whole overall like dystopian like world and picture that they create. Oh yeah. Because the whole concept um, in the meta sense is like, oh, there's these large like corporations and civilizations that don't really care about these people, and they just kind of like send them out to die, and they just treat them as disposable resources on a spreadsheet. Which is the whole concept of Alien is that it was this like blue collar esque mining crew that just happened to be in space. It's right. the same concept, only you're not on the ground. Yeah. Um, and you know, then you have these corporate overlords that are covering things up and all that good stuff. But anyway, I don't want to just talk about Alien the whole time. It's a great movie, but uh, I actually didn't see that until I was like twenty or so. I'd seen Aliens, but I never actually saw mm-hmm. the original Alien. They're completely different movies, but they were both awesome in their own way. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, and as it, actually the the connection there is fun is James Cameron did both Terminator and mm-hmm. Alien movies because right. we just kind of segued into that like uh, subconsciously I think <laughs> right right which is bit. I think you know kind of what it, it adds that sci-fi element and adds a horror element to sci-fi and that's an interesting thing too is there's the subgenre of sci-fi horror and I wanted yeah. to make sure and take a moment to touch on a movie that I thought was really unique and cool. And creepy as hell is Event Horizon. Yeah, that was. I love that. Movie. That one. That one fucking scarred me for life. Yeah, that well, was very. Uh, Event Horizon crazy. starts to get into. Uh, this is actually a very good segue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Event Horizon starts to get into my personal favorite brand of horror, which is more psychological horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, than... I'm. I'm definitely a psychological horror fan. Slashers are very hit or miss for me, and I definitely prefer mm-hmm. the psychological stuff. I will now. Makes noise on a book. <laughs> you can maybe hear the thickness of this book. Um, my uh, my real interaction with horror is literary in the form of uh, 
what I've been the book I've been slapping here is the complete uh, unabridged works of Howard Phillips Lovecraft. And slapping, you know, Lovecraft put meaning into, uh, you know, put the, put all of the irony into what harm can come from reading a book. Well, you know, the Necronomicon is kind of, I mean, I think the concept is older than Lovecraft. Yeah. But it's codified in Lovecraft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which reminds me of Evil one Dead. of the... Hmm? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, we need to my... Evil Dead at some point. Yeah. Which reminds me of, of um, the, the wide-ranging impact Lovecraft has had. On pop culture, mm-hmm. um, worked in a New Age bookstore um, for for about three years. Never heard that before. <coughs> Was this before or after you were spearfishing tuna off the uh, <laughs> off the Atlantic coast? <laughs> no, I was spearfishing flounder in there. <laughs> you monster! <coughs> no, that's actually I really have gone uh, spearfishing for flounder for flounder um, <laughs> when I was a kid, um, but. Um, Working, uh, working at Renaissance in the back. Renaissance is owned by this sweet lady by the name of Elaine, um, who <laughs> knows an incredible amount of, of about books. One one day I'm back, you know, I'm back in the back room, uh, and I hear Elaine going, "Ben, how do you pronounce this word? C T H U L U." I'm like, "Cthulhu." What? <laughs> well, to be fair, it's made to be difficult to pronounce. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, the funny thing was, is I go back there, I was like, what the hell is it? And it was a Cthulhu wall plaque. <laughs> um, somebody was like, was like, and I was like, that's Lovecraft. He's like, oh, okay. Because Elaine had had to, for years, running Renaissance, mm-hmm. remind people or educate people of the fact that no, the Necronomicon was not real. <laughs> that H.P. Lovecraft made that shit up. Yep. <laughs> of course, my favorite uh, react, my favorite thing about uh, talk about something that hits hope close to home in terms of literature that drives you mad. Mm-hmm. Um, his story about the King in Yellow, mm-hmm. which is a play hmm. that. Um, that <laughs> plays uh, a thing when you're yeah. catch. <laughs> wherein everyone will go batshit insane. Um, the thing I liked about love, the thing I really like about Lovecraft is, um, if you were not aware, Lovecraft was a heavily depressed nihilist. Um, no, is, really? Yeah, this he is writes well about like the end of the world and the futility of existence. Imagine yeah, that. This is well documented. Um, <laughs> also, interestingly enough, Lovecraft pretty much was very was not very well published until after his death. Right. His friends collected his his writings and published them posthumously, but um, for the most part, it was very unsuccessful um, in life. But had a huge impact yeah. on you know a lot of writers. Mm-hmm. But the, to 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 force myself back into the conversation, um, the thing that I like about Lovecraft is that that his worldview, his everything is fucked and we are all go- and we are all doomed to a to a meaningless life and you know afterlife. There, and... there is no there is no purpose in existence. Really bleeds through into his work very effectively. <laughs> it's why so often the things that you're dealing with. Are things that are 
beyond mortal ken, why the very right. sight of them will drive you mad. Yeah. I think that's a good point to touch on real quick, is that when you talk about horror, horror authors and directors and whatnot, um, a lot of it is about their own personal experiences and views on the world and stuff, mm-hmm. and then also a product of their time as mm-hmm. far as like issues that they're dealing with or like mm-hmm. things that they're addressing. Like if you go all the way back to Dracula, you know, you have the whole Victorian repressed sexuality thing and oh, aspects yeah. of religion Dracula. and uh, stuff about the aristocracy and their corruption with like the dusty gold not being used, just sitting there in Dracula's grandiose castle and all that. So there's a lot of different themes and stuff, but you know, that's something to keep in mind when you consume some of the horror media is, you know, kind of the context for the book or the movie or the show or what have you. And you can kind of appreciate it at another level when you kind of dig into it like mm-hmm. that. Right. When you, I mean, you go back into, well, Frankenstein, it was, you know, Mary Shelley just not wanting to go to a specific, you know, go go to uh, someone's orgies. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, just telling that you have the uh, violent, uh, crazed mob you know, mm-hmm. at the yeah. <laughs> climax. I'm sorry, the villagers are partying in the courtyard with, you know, <laughs> with, pitchforks and torches. With pitchforks and torches, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and of course, you, you look at also, you know, Alien and Aliens, the real villain is not the Xenomorph. No, it's the Megaforce. Well, it's the Tyrell so, Corporation. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> yeah, the Mega. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know. Exactly. Um, but, um, you know, it, it, when you mix sci-fi with uh, with with horror, horror. Um, horror. Yes, if you couldn't tell, that's a running joke this episode. Uh, horror, shambling joke. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not a. It's well, not maybe a if it's joke. twenty-eight days later, it's a running joke. Yeah, right, because the monsters never run; they always plod. This actually <laughs> reminds me of a thing. Um, in high school, I was almost in a homemade crappy zombie movie. Uh, the plans for it fell through. But there was writing. I had a script at one point. Um, I was going to appear in it as the person who got away by noticing, oh, zombies. Okay. And then calmly walking away. (laughs) Yeah. Because the zombies, you know, are at this uh, slow drag shuffle lurch. A calm... Stroll away. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, protects you in this particular case because they're not coming from all directions. You are safe because what happens in a in a zombie movie? When you run, you, you fall trip. over. Your foot gets trapped under a log, and the zombies swarm and kill you. Also, people panic and trample one, trample one another. Yeah, right. Or you find yourself in a dead end because you didn't look. Exactly. Right. Right. So I I was like, I would love to be in your zombie movie. Can I please be the person who survives? By being calm and walking away at a at a not like and not not a run but at a brisk pace. Well, see, and that's yeah, and that brings us to the dead movies, Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. well, zombies, zombies yeah. in general, sure. zombies in general. Yeah, well, see, zombies up until a certain point, yeah, that's were voodoo. Well, that's true. There's, There's different aspects. Yeah, you have the whole voodoo, hoodoo stuff, yeah. and then then you have the whole yeah, you have Romero to zombies. Yeah, Romero basically reinvented zombies. Yeah. Um, To be about sort of... uh, I like how zombies are an extension of our fear of losing control. 
of our animal instincts. Yeah, good brain. Yeah, there's a whole metaphor allegory thing with you know human nature and mm-hmm. zombies. All and the best, all the best monsters, all the best uh, in- instruments of horror are things that where you know we have a sort of intrinsic fear of it ourselves. Right. You know, yeah. like what would happen if we if we reverted to our animal instincts? What happens if we become you know what happens if we play God? Well, zombies yeah. is kind of like Lord of the Flies for adults, mm-hmm. because you have the dystopian thing where the real, the real like villain or menace is the evil of mankind being mm-hmm. beasts and killing one another, like in say The Walking Dead or something mm-hmm. like that, as opposed to the actual zombies, where the zombies sure they're a threat, but they're really just the backdrop for the main thing, yeah. which is man versus man. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Well, they're they're the well, what they are, what zombies in like Walking Dead really represent is the. Um, is the like the atomic bomb? Any zombie fiction, being something I write, uh, <laughs> uh, zombie fiction really is the um, nuclear, the Cold War survivalist fiction of mm-hmm. modern times. Um, but yeah, zombies always represented the whole ripping away of the facade of civilization, right? Uh-huh. Because you know what happens. If everybody suddenly is a zombie, you know, not only are they trying to eat you, but they're not producing electricity. Yeah, <laughs> you know. right. And also, they're not... They're not your friend Steve. They're the zombie formerly known as Steve. Right, exactly. And also, just to, as a quick callback and throwback to stuff we were talking about earlier, um, with the atomic bomb, Godzilla was a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Gojira was. You know the original. Yeah. And yeah. Godzilla, you know, he he became more friendly over time, <laughs> but the original few Godzilla movies were all about how uh, how the atomic bomb was like the worst thing ever. Yeah. yeah how, the atomic bomb, how the atomic bomb created monsters. It's almost like the only country that's ever been nuked as a. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the country that was blown up twice by an atomic bomb. Yeah. Lost two cities from nuclear bombs. I had a problem with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't blame them. I've I've been to Hiroshima, oh. and it's it's very it's humbling. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I just looking at the pictures of it, I can't even imagine what it must be like standing. Well, it's there. mostly rebuilt now, except <laughs> for there is a park, mm-hmm. and there is. Um, there is a couple buildings that have been enshrined, mm-hmm. and that is the ru- the wreckage of what was a once a very large, I want to say like a town hall or a church, right? Um, that is just com- in absolute and complete ruin, mm-hmm. um, and it's like it, it, it's like across the reflection pool from the uh, from the. Uh, from the uh, Hiroshima uh, Nuclear War Memorial Museum. Right. Um, <clears throat> well, also, I mean, God, don't ever go into that museum if you're if you're prone to guilt trips. Uh, yeah, no, I, I hear you. Uh, because I mean, it's, it's <coughs> something that's deeply ingrained into the psyche of the Japanese culture now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and it was to them the ultimate horror. Yeah. Uh, just like to us, the ultimate horror is losing. You know, civilization. Yeah. Um, you didn't know, mean to but, completely distract there, but. Well, well no, actually, there's a whole other thing about horror, mm-hmm. which is 
the allegory of like this is what happens when mankind messes with nature or does this horrific thing or whatever and there's there's mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. social and political stuff going on there yeah most so. most monster movies are we really shouldn't play god yeah yeah that's a lot of a lot of them are um, but then by the same token um, when you talk when you get into um, you know your, your monster movies you, you have your then you have your outsider villains creature from the black lagoon um, you know the zombies because suddenly in, you know people you know become outsiders uh, alien invasion horror mm-hmm. um, what those actually turn into is a sort of rebuilding the world mm-hmm. type situation um, so they almost act on the one hand they act as cautionary tales but on the other they act as these tales of uh, and, and it's hard to it's hard to grasp this, but when you look at it and really give it a, give it some thought, they become stories of hope. How and that's why it. I like Lovecraft. Because no stories no, of hope. No stories <laughs> of hope. There is no recovery for life. <laughs> at the end, like at the end of Call of Cthulhu, uh, arguably is, are, arguably one of his most famous works, even though it's really not one of his best. It's very wordy and bloated and and distracts in the middle. Yeah. Um, at the end, theoretically, you've won because you've rammed a boat into Cthulhu and he sinks back down into the ocean. But the um, protagonist the protagonist realizes that they haven't won. They've merely delayed the inevitable. Cthulhu, Dread Cthulhu will rise again and consume us all. It's just a matter of time. Which I, I kind of like how... I, I actually like horror horror that isn't that doesn't end happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got... And of course then there's bad horror. Mm-hmm. Horror! I mean, we got the schlocky horror, but... Um, schlocky one of the, horror picture show? One of, the, <laughs> one of the worst horror movies I've ever watched, I'm sad to say, had Denzel Washington in it. Oh. oh, is that uh, Fallen? Yes. Oh, that's on. Yeah. Yeah. The one where the, with the demon that sw- that swaps bodies. Yeah, and that's the okay. reason the reason it was a horrible movie is because it relied solely on tricking the audience from the beginning. Yeah, it's only about the time I almost died, and it's told from Denzel Washington's point of view all the way through, but then at the end. We're told, oh no, 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 no! It was really the demon talking all along, mm-hmm. even though Denzel Washington dies. The, mm-hmm. de- the demon gets away in a cat. I thought he got away in John Goodman. No, I no. got away in a cat. You got away in a cat. Okay. Uh, yeah, got away in a cat, and I'm going, what the fuck? This is you, you just it just shambled itself. It shat all over itself. I kind of <laughs> liked it, although. I want to talk about a movie that has a really downer happy ending. The Thing. Mm. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Diablo. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. theoretically, hooray, they've won. Both um, Kurt Russell's character, whose name I can't remember, and the other guy, whose name I can't remember, are slowly freezing to death in the Antarctic. Mm-hmm. Right. But The Thing is stopped. Right. 
Also, there's this great theory that um, one of them is still the thing. one of them is still the thing, right? And it's not Kurt Russell, and he's just not worried about it because they're both about to freeze to death anyway, right? Yeah. Well, like whatever, okay. I still won. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, and I don't know if, if all of us have seen this, um, Sean Connery was in a sci-fi movie in the '80s called Outland. Yeah, I'm. Familiar. I have not seen this. Um, Which is essentially a sci-fi retelling of High Noon. Right? Just about, but when you put it in space, it starts Sorry, to... Sorry, would you put it... In space! <laughs> yeah, we, okay. Anyways, um, wow, that was that was spontaneous and kind of perfectly cool. Um, okay, when you, when you put, you know, High Noon in space, mm-hmm. suddenly it becomes a horror movie because the drug becomes the horror. But the setting, the way that they did all of it, they ratcheted the tension up yeah. hugely, very bigly, and <laughs> you know, um, it's huge. It's huge, um, and and suddenly, yeah, it becomes really fucking scary, you know, because you're you're dealing with not only the people that he has to try and fight and kill, but the environment around him is suddenly. Lethal because it's out on out on one of Jupiter's moons, mm-hmm. so vacuum becomes an issue. Yeah, uh, you know there there's a there's a part of it when they're out outside. You know, to me that was scary as shit. It was you know really high ratchet. You get scared when you shit. No, scary as shit. Shit's pretty, shit's pretty scary. Have you seen what's in that stuff? Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, um, but it was it was. What you could not see that made it scary, just like Alien. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's actually where I where I do tend to like, what where I do really like to tend to like um, monster slash horror mo- like slash slasher movies, where the the villain where where the monster is nebulous and unseen. That's why I, that, I think that's one of the things that really made me not like Halloween. Mm-hmm. Oh look, it's the guy in the yeah, dumbass mask. white mask, which is a William Shatner mask. William like Shatner mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like it, 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 the fact that Michael Myers is so is so readily visible at all times. I think yeah. is part of yeah. what detracts from it for me. Right. I think the only thing that really makes him scary is there's never any expression because of the mask. Yeah. Well, there's. Yeah. I mean, you know. That he's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. There's there's different um, there's different aspects of that kind of take on it. I mean, uh, I agree in a way where it's just kind of like there's not a lot of subtlety there, which is like, hey, I'm a guy in a mask. I'm walking towards you slowly, and you know, like I've got a knife. Yeah, it's very on the nose, right? Right. But uh, there is uh, there's also the aspect of instead of some sort of supernatural thing that you can just kind of dismiss as oh, but that's make believe, whatever. Uh, until they got into like the sequels and him being unstoppable and all that. Um, it's just a crazy person who breaks out of a mental institution and starts killing people, and the fact that that can be anybody yeah. doesn't have to have mm-hmm. any rhyme or reason to it, and you could be related to that person mm-hmm. more. By the way, which is a part of the thing, is yeah. you have no control over what family you're born into, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, people, you know, um, you know, people have black <laughs> sheep in their family all the time where, you know, someone is just, a, you know, just... Just a bad person in general, a criminal, a violent person, violently insane. Like, there's all this, and you have no say over it. You're just in that situation. 
Right. So, you know, there's different aspects to that story, I guess, and depending on one's, you know, personal experience, it may resonate more or less. Right. But rem- I, mean, I, I, I agree generally from a taste perspective, but, you know, there's that aspect of it, too. The whole unstoppable thing reminds me of, a, of, of an old uh, The Far Side cartoon. Everybody remember The Far Side? I love The Far oh, Side. Yeah. Um, there's an old, there's an old uh, panel where uh, Olsen drew what looks like some sort of giant monster lying on its back with its feet propped over a truck and a you know an, an old hillbilly farmer saying well I was seeing all the all, all I was seeing all the death and destruction on the TV and I just wondered why the hell didn't anybody just go out and shoot the farmers <laughs> <laughs> yeah right because that's something that, that's that's uh, that, that's you know that, that always that also bothered me about Halloween. Just shoot him, right? Well, until you, know, until you, you get the to the next three times, that was yeah. how they ended up getting him. You know, yeah, you know. But evidently, no one's got a gun. Yeah, it's like it's, 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 that's a recurring thing in the yeah. Scream movies. Which, granted, it was a parody, so it was by intent. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, oh, there's a psycho that lives with a knife. Okay, get a gun, lock shoot. your doors, yeah. and if he comes in, shoot him a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. pretty simple, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but by the same token, um, the a lot of the really scary stuff has always been about powerlessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, and it's you know the, the you know powerlessness and someone you know because the Wolfman was just mm-hmm. a normal guy, but he you know got yeah cursed. he got bit by a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of becoming a superhero, he be- <laughs> became yeah, a murderer. He became a murdering psychopath. Yeah. So we got about half an hour left. <laughs> I thought it would be now would be nice now here. Instead of talking about good horror that we like, let's talk about some bad horror that we like. Curse of the queer wolf. There's so much out there. Killer <laughs> clowns from outer space. Oh, okay. No wait. We got. We there's another one. We got to go back to. Or for that matter, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Right. <laughs> Killer toys. Oh, like, like, oh, well, there, there's a, that's a whole subgenre. Yeah, there's no, like, there was one called Killer Toys. Uh, that's literally the title. Yeah. yeah, of course. Then you got the Puppet Master. Yeah, I was gonna say I saw the Puppet Master movies, and there's some like cheesy. And there's like you know like, everything that was ever done. That every every movie that was ever done about done about Stephen King, which I feel like we could do an entire episode. Of. Oh, well, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, Tommy Knockers. Uh, Carrie. Carrie. Well, Carrie was actually okay. Carrie's a good movie. Um, yeah. But. Um, oh, you mean bad? Bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tommy Knockers, The Langoliers, It, Dreamcatcher. Yes, I said It. Not maybe not not necessarily the new new the new It. No, but no the old you, miniseries. It was funny. Unless you're already chlorophobic, that's not going to bother you. Um. <laughs> no, because I'm sorry, Tim Curry. Fucking Pennywise, man. Yeah, I mean Pennywise is okay, but he's so. Does so little, um, but you know, it, uh, that's an art. Uh, maximum overdrive, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the so car. many others, huh? The car. Um, there was Christine, a horror movie. Christine. No, no, there was a horror movie called The Car. Mm. <clears throat> I see. <laughs> Children of the Corn. It's like generic. Children of the Corn was kind of a good horror movie, but you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I feel like Steve, like King's work, doesn't translate to screen very well unless you're talking about one of his non-horror uh, productions. 
Because Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption are masterpieces. Well, the other oh, yeah. thing, too, is that they'll just kind of shove anything in front of him with some money and be like, all right. Like, I feel like a lot of that is on him for not yeah. being, like, well, no, see, what, cheesy about time, it. Like, a lot of times what they do is they buy the they buy the rights from him without a script. Right. Yeah. You know, and, you know, when you're a writer, that's, that's like... Okay, that's insurance for me and my family, you know, uh, yeah. for this year. Okay. Well, it's like, um, there's a, back when Family Guy was still funny. Ah. There was Maybe a little it's... cutaway gag. Saying, man, it's like Stephen King's new movie. And it's uh, cross, the, cross with uh, Stephen King sitting there with a, with a, uh, yeah, a publisher, agent yeah, a publisher, or yeah. something. So, so, Stephen, what's your new book? Uh, it's about a, uh, it's a haunted, um, casting around looking at the office. A lamp! A haunted lamp! <laughs> Ooh! He shakes the... And the agent's like... Have it for me in two weeks. I think, I think it was, when can I have it? <laughs> when can I have it? You're that right. was my favorite bit, was the resigned sigh. <laughs> that he knew, no matter what shit he came up with, he had to just say yes, because that's how it works. When can I have it? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, when can I have it? Because it's the point when it's, it's the point now. You know, Stephen King's, you know, Stephen King's uh, shopping list. That's a brand. Bestseller! Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but then... The Shining was pretty good. Well, the Shining was pretty good. Yeah. Um, okay, The Stand wasn't horror, but it fell into one of King's big problems. The deus ex machina at the end. Yep. The hand of God literally coming down and squishing and making the, the bomb go off. Yeah, no. But, okay, one that was good and bad at the same time, mm -hmm. The Fog. Which, the, the remake the or the original? original? The original. The entire Leprechaun series. All bad. Yeah, but fun bad. <laughs> fun bad. Or they were all bad. My perennial, my perennial um, October uh, viewing these days, um, Manos. The Hands Hand of, of Fate. fate. Yes. yes. Um, either the Rift Tracks, which is pretty good, or the, or the, in my opinion, better um, Mr. Sensu 3000 episode. A fun fact on uh, the original Leprechaun was Jennifer Aniston's film debut. That was yep. her first acting gig. Yeah. And, uh, that was a thing. <laughs> and it was another paycheck for Warwick Davis. <laughs> for yeah, that's right. Warwick Davis. Davis. Yeah. Yeah, just another paycheck for fucking Warwick Davis. Um... It Although was, I have to imagine, it would have been a lot of fun. Oh hell yeah! To play, did the, the, the leprechaun even have a name? No, it was just. I, well, I think they might have gotten into it once, but like, it was probably in like ancient Celtic or some shit. Yeah. It's pronounced. It's pretty much a hand wave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, there's apparently a sequel. Where he goes to the moon. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that was the fourth one. Th third one was in the hood. In the hood. And it's in the hood. Just yep. to be clear, it's not the hood, it's the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and okay. he does a little leprechaun rap. So yeah, that's a thing that happened. Oh that's um, yeah. the <laughs> Leprechaun's the Leprechaun's name was apparently Lubden. Ah. Hmm. Um and it was Sorry. The films were Leprechaun, Leprechaun Two, Leprechaun Three, Leprechaun Four in Space, Leprechaun in um in the hood, 
<laughs> then Leprechaun back to the hood. I thought that was a duh hood in there. No, apparently not. Oh. Huh. Um, and then Leprechaun Orange Origins, which was <laughs> yeah. the only one that didn't have Warwick Davis in it. Right? So, going to horror, Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about fun, bad movies. Yeah, fun um, schlock. Tales, Tales from the Crypt. What was the subtitle on that one with Dennis Miller in it? He had the super soaker with holy water. Um, Bordello of Blood. That was it. Bordello of Blood. Or, for that matter, any of the horror... Oh, any of the Hammer films. Hammer? Yeah. The Guess Hammer horror films. With that. Uh, there were a lot of. They're, they're the ones that had uh, Christopher Lee as as Dracula. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, um, so you know, get... Hammer films are all. They they are they're gore fest uh, movies for the most part. Which I find funny that uh, he uh, he becomes Count Dooku in the prequel. He's like, hey guys, can I be a count? I just like being a count. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Samuel. Um, I, I just I picture that on the set, like how Samuel Jackson's like, "I'm a purple lightsaber. Make mine purple, damn it." <laughs> it's like okay. Yeah, the Curse of Frankenstein um, was one. Um, oh, another really great, um, another really great bad horror movie. Early, uh, early wet work. Dead alive. Oh, yeah. There's the uh, Trolls and Trolls 2 movie. That's where that clip comes from, Trolls 2, where he's like, They're eating her, and they're going to eat me. Oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> well, so terrible. Dead Alive has the, has, the, has the semi-famous, I kick ass for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Where you have the clip of uh, the guy that walks out to like take out the garbage and that garbage guy's there. yeah staring at him and he he very bad badly acts and he's like oh no no and he shoots into the garbage can he's like garbage day and it became this giant internet meme which is fantastic uh, yeah my personal favorite is probably where they do the mashup of the scene from three hundred where he kicks the dude into the well and he's like this is garbage day and it superimposes his garbage head over King Leonidas <laughs> as he kicks him it's just uh, fantastic uh, well the internet has has ruined horror yeah well okay then we have um, in a beautiful remi- way <laughs> the remake of the invisible man hollow man oh jeez yeah hollow man that was very underwhelming yeah, yeah. i mean a christian slater he could. He can play a good psycho, but I think his best role. Well, it was Kevin Bacon. Was it? Was it Kevin Bacon? It was Kevin Bacon and Holloman. Yep. Yeah, it's Kevin Bacon and Holloman. Now, don't get me wrong. That campaign. statement is still true. Yeah. It's just well, not applicable in this particular. Movie. Right. Well, Kevin Bacon could do <laughs> could do good horror until he got older and more. Uh, you know, less sinister. But Christian Slater has always had that. You know, the, um, when he played Ensign Cameo in Star Trek, uh, uh, in, in Trek uh, 3... Um, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> he, he, was a, he was the Ensign who woke up the Admiral uh, of the Excelsior. Right, Ensign Cameo. Ensign Cameo. Ensign Cameo. Yeah. Um, wow, that was literally his name? No. That's just... I just the, get it. It's a title you bestowed to him. Yeah, it's a title you bestowed to him. I like the, it. The minute I hear his, hear his voice and see his face, it's like, oh my god, he's gonna kill. Oh, okay, he's done. He's gone. 
And then, of course, he was in another bad horror movie, Alone in the Dark. Alone in the Dark, yeah. By Uwe Ball. Yeah. Oh, there's, a, there's a good horror movie that is kind of under the radar for a lot of people. Kevin Bacon had a lead role in called Stir of Echoes back in 1999. Oh, God, That's yes. a great psychological horror movie that yes. people may have missed. So I recommend looking it up if you're a fan of psychological horror and mystery, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, also, okay, Johnny Depp. Uh, Secret in Window? The, no, The Seventh Seal. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. The books. Oh my god, that oh, was... Oh no, I wasn't it, I thought it was like, wasn't it this, like, the gate? Or the something? gate, yeah, yeah, the seven, seven gate, gate or something like that, something like where that. he's playing a book dealer? Yeah. What do you think I got inspiration for Guy from? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, I, I'm a big fan of that, and uh, of movies right, that end unpredictably like that, and Secret Window and stuff, where right. something very unexpected happens, it's original, or the bad guy, or gal, or thing wins... Yeah, well, you know, because all the, all the way the gal that you think is an angel is trying to help him actually turns out to be, you know, the bad guy. correcting him, you know. Spoilers, man. <laughs> if you don't know by now. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just... Johnny Depp, um, when, he's not, when he's not butchering a, uh, you know, a, uh, a musical, can play a good bad guy. I didn't dislike... Sweeney Todd? Uh, Sweeney Todd. It's okay. I was just unhappy that they rewrote it for a tenor. Yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, another this, one... This will be a thing. Okay. <laughs> for after, but still. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's... No one you no one had it for a second. <laughs> but um, um, one of the things that... Uh, well, another horror one that he that Johnny Depp was horror. in... Horror! Horror! Um, Sleepy Hollow. I liked Sleepy Hollow a lot. I did too. Yeah, I, I liked but it. But then I Christopher great. Walken. Yeah, as the yeah as, as the headless horseman. Yeah, that's great well, casting. Yeah. And of course, the but the <laughs> real villain. Uh, what was her name? The yeah. actress. It, well, to to go to 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 bite back to the um to to my attempt what what I wanted to be the spoiler of the week. It turns out it's man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if it is somebody else, but I know Christina Ricci was in that. Yeah, she was the uh, she was the um, the the romantic interest. Right. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, basically, it was like a hedonistic, corrupt. Yeah, no, it's society. Some, yeah, some chick who. Wanted to live forever or something? I can't remember anymore. Yeah, right. I think it was Miranda Richardson. I don't know. Yeah, and the Headless Horseman was just a spirit, basically, with you know being pulled along by puppet strings. Right. Yeah, he was a force of nature. It wasn't. Yeah. Go, yeah. go kill this. Go kill this person. I want to say like the, the rival to my rise to power or some all shit. That, yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff. You know, yeah. Local politics, basically. It turns out it's man. <laughs> or a woman Richardson. in this case. Yeah. Miranda Richardson is Lee Van Tassel. But yeah, every everybody in there had that dark secret, and you know you're going, oh well, fucker's dead. <laughs> didn't you know? Didn't uh, you know? Not gonna weep over that. <laughs> it's almost like they deserved it or something, right? Because yeah, there were all the all of everyone the, was bad. Yeah, they were all bad. They were all bad except for the outsider. I stand up. <laughs> and the uh, and and the love interest. Yeah, the only yeah. non-bad people, right? And young Masbeth. I don't know how you remember all this shit, Ben. <laughs> Years of practice. 
<laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah. <clears throat> Do we have anything more to say? Because I'm kind of out of stuff. Yeah, well, horror is not really our strong suit. No, it's not. Oh, I've um, got plenty of stuff I can touch on if we need fodder. <laughs> well, I mean, we're we're at we're at a decent episode length. We're a little shy, but we've been gone over a couple week, a couple last weeks. So uh, I would like to um, give a shout out to the original Bram Stoker's Dracula book because 1897 still holds up. Yes, and it does. And some of the stuff you can't say it for it. Mm. it you know, it's various like, mm-hmm. uh, shall we say, relevance or quality. What's interesting about Dracula to me is that um, one of the themes or ways of interpreting it is um, you have the uh, you have the dusty old um, aristocrat corrupt aristocrat person in Dracula, and then you have this like multinational like kind of like group of individuals from all these different places and backgrounds and stuff, and mm-hmm. then you, it's very cosmopolitan, and like women are some of the like. Uh, mm-hmm. Our protagonists that serve important, and mm-hmm. granted, this is 1897. Let me repeat that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Uh, when when women taking, were were considered yeah, property. Yeah, it wasn't. They weren't just uh, victims. Mm-hmm. There, uh, mm-hmm. they they were actually like you know part of the solution in yeah. finding out how to destroy Dracula. And they used at the time modern day technology, the science. telegraph. Yeah, telegraph, which was like oh, which is like today with like you know the brand new the latest tablet or whatever some mm-hmm. kind of internet invention. Mm-hmm. Like the telegraph was the shit at the time, and mm-hmm. that actually uh, that actually changed like the whole context of how the plot unfolded was based on the fact that they were able to send telegraphs back and forth and figure out these things and like how mm-hmm. like the whole the packet of earth and all that shit mm-hmm. like that was actually central to the plot and you know you basically replace the setting mm-hmm. with a more contemporary one you have the exact same story mm-hmm. the exact same theme mm-hmm. and it's kind of fresh in my mind because just like a few years ago i realized i never actually read dracula from front to back before and i picked it up for like a dollar at a garage sale somewhere a yard mm-hmm. sale somewhere and i never got around to reading like you know what the hell i'll read it and I was like, "Damn, this really holds up." And like, this yeah, is yeah. really good. <laughs> and, and most of it is letters between. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The correspondence between the Helsing and someone else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to, and, th- and I feel like that's kind of indicative of. Um, I wanted to make the point that there's a lot of stuff where it, you may it may seem intimidating because it's like, oh, this is from like 50, 80, 100 years ago. Just if it has a good enough reputation that you know of it, then just take the plunge and do it. Read it, watch yeah. it, whatever. Because because yeah. Frankenstein, some of that stuff is timeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, also um, Frankenstein was all journal entries. Yeah, uh, and, and it still and it still holds up today. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, real quick bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought of something else that we should try, was that we should touch on too as well. Okay, uh, just um, a little movie but, trivia though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Park played most of the uh, of the Hessian. Oh, Darth Maul himself. Mm-hmm. But anytime he had a head, it was Christopher Walken. It was Christopher Walken, right. which, yeah, that, yeah, even without, even without his... Because the Headless Horseman wasn't creepy enough on its own, they had to cast Christopher Walken. Exactly. <laughs> and give him pointy teeth. And give him pointy yeah. teeth. Yeah. Well, uh, no so, lines whatsoever. Something, well, no, he had, he had a couple lines. They were, oh. Right. Um, but some, one other piece of somewhat horror that we all of us interact with on a weekly basis the world of darkness well that's definitely its own episode yeah yeah. world of darkness you're right probably deserves its own episode but it does bear mentioning that Mm -hmm. you know horror as a tabletop genre is interesting because that goes above and beyond just 
watching or reading it, you actually become part of the story, so yeah. it can affect you on a much deeper level. Yeah. Yes. Guy and Duncan make fun of, make fun because they have probably read Dracula. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and they make fun of Schlock because that's the only way to make you know to keep themselves sane while they're walking through it. Yes. <laughs> At least keep themselves functional. Exactly. Sane is debatable. Sane yeah. is debatable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when one of you is a werewolf, the other of you is a is a is a mage. Well, is a mage in training. Yeah, witch. I'm You're never going to be a mage. mage yeah. Another of you is a witch. Yeah, it's but um, but yeah. Uh, next week, I think we'll talk about something else, probably still horror related, but I don't know exactly what yet. Maybe World of Darkness. Could be. I think we yeah. could do a, an episode unto itself on that. Yeah. Um, I'd be down for that. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's definitely in that vein. Uh, also, just to plug the Patreon a little bit, if we ever hit $20 a month um, Patreon uh, donations, uh, we've been recording our uh, we've been recording our World of Darkness uh, game, Candles in the Wind, and uh, actual play uh, podcast of that will be available uh, start going weekly once we hit $20 a month. So if you want to hear that. Help me cover hosting costs, please. Plug, plug. Like, seriously, $20 a month is just what I have to spend to keep this thing alive. So, yeah. it's not much, sure. The grand scheme of things. But that's $20 a month that I don't have. Yeah. So. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, uh, this has been Neil. Michael. The one through Ben. And an absent rookie. And we will talk to you next week on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by a letter and a number. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm. And ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by donating at our website or on Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. We are pre-recording this outro for use in emergencies if Neil cannot record the outro. As such, we are being vague. We hope you uh, will... I don't know, I can't even think of how to say this. That's how unscripted and unplanned this is, and hopefully you'll never hear it again. Bye.